You are listening to the After the Timeout podcast, hosted by Todd Zazadil and John Palicki, two high school head coaches looking to help others spread their passion for the game of basketball. Tune in for episodes about anything basketball related, on the court, off the court, and anything in between. We at the After the Timeout podcast would like to take a full timeout to talk about V-Reps basketball. Coaches, do you get frustrated by how some players just cannot seem to learn your offensive system? Are you spending countless hours teaching your offensive system to your team just for them to forget by the next practice? You should check out V-Reps. V-Reps was founded by basketball players and coaches to create tools that make learning plays easily a reality. V-Reps allows coaches to turn their 2D playbook into a 3D interactive video game that players can watch on any mobile device on their own time. Don't just have players watch film, have them live it and control the players so that they have a better, more efficient learning experience. It's free to try. Go to vreps.us to sign up today. On today's episode, we are joined by Jacob Ammerman, video coordinator at the University of Central Florida. Coach, thanks for joining us, and how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank, thank you for having me. Um, happy, happy to be on and looking forward to uh, talking to you guys. All right, Coach. So we, we have uh, a segment called our opening tip uh, where we like to ask our, our guests just kind of an opening question to get the, the, the episode flowing. So, um, for all of our listeners, uh, Coach Ammerman's very active on social media, especially Twitter. A lot of good stuff, a lot of good content. I think you got like over 22,000 followers or something like that. Um, but who are some of your favorite follows on Twitter or people that follow you that you've kind of communicated with, um, you know, kind of in, in your your process of, of building up those followers? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I've actually never had anybody ask me that. Um, I think for me, because I love basketball so much, um, you know, I, I really enjoy seeing like the pick and pop stuff and all the X's and O's people put up. Um, you know, I'm always trying to study those things, but on a personal level, like I enjoy following Jay Billis. Uh, he's one of my favorites, uh, Fran Fischilla. Um, you know, a couple of days ago, I, I tweeted something and uh, it was pretty cool. You know, I grew up being a huge Dwayne Wade fan. And uh, D Wade happened to quote tweet one of my tweets uh, about Chris Paul. And, uh, you know, there's sometimes those things happen. Like, just kind of sit back and think how cool that is, just because I grew up my whole life watching D Wade. And for him to, you know, put his name, you know, kind of above mine, it was, it was really cool. So I enjoy, I enjoy that kind of aspect of it. Social media, you know, can connect people who you never thought, you know, there would be any connection to. So um, outside of Billis and them guys, Franchilla, uh, Franchilla, um I would say, you know, I am a huge football fan. Um, so I, I enjoy following, you know, motivational stuff, Ray Lewis. I enjoy, enjoy seeing his stuff that he posts. So usually X's and O's motivation and uh, 
you know, somebody like Billis is kind of a little bit of everything. He cracks me up. Uh, he just did something about the NIL that really cracked me up the other day. Um, so just following uh, guys like that. So, Coach, you know, obviously you're a video coordinator. Uh, we, we've had some guys that are, were previously video coordinators, uh, but we haven't not had a guest on that's a current one. So for just for our listeners, you know, we kind of wanted, you know, so many guys want to come up in the game and, and be future assistants and start out as, as grad assistants, video coordinators, uh, dobos. You know, kind of take us through that typical day for you during the season. Obviously, every day is a little bit different, but – you know, kind of what are your daily tasks? Yeah, so like this, uh, your question is during the season, I'll just kind of hit on, you know, the life of a video coordinator is, is broken up into seasons. And I can kind of just really fast go through that. Like my summertime is so much different than my season time uh, or springtime. So spring is kind of when the season's over. Uh, you're moving into how can we get better for next year? Um and that aspect is also recruiting, uh, sharing videos to coach of recruits, potential recruits, but also showing videos uh, to coach from the season. Like how, how can we run our offense better? How can our defense improve? And that also includes player development, uh, clips from the season of our guys uh, and stuff like that. Uh, then when we move into summer, it's a little bit different. Uh, you're kind of a jack of all trades. You're, you're doing video stuff, but you're also helping out with camp, trying to promote your camps in the summer, uh, doing kind of all those little things. But summer's kind of the same as spring. You're kind of gearing up for next year. So you're starting, you know, you're starting your summer workouts. So that's for us. That's when we build, you know, our habits, uh, you know, how, how we're going to defend. So we're doing all the little techniques, you know, really teaching. Uh, it's a huge part of teaching. Uh, is in the summer for us. So kind of involved in all, all those little aspects. Uh, for example, like pick and roll defense. Uh, we're showing our guys video of pick and roll defense. If, if that's something we're working on improving, we're going to show them summer, summer um, in the summer before practice, each practice, we're going to show them something from pick and roll defense that we're going to practice. Uh, you know, that's one of the things I love about Coach Dawkins is he understands that kids nowadays are visual learners. So it's nice for them to see the video of the kids doing it or NBA players doing it. And then we go on the court and do it. Uh, so after summer, you get into, you know, fall practice season time. And that's, that's when you kind of have to hit the ground running. Um, man, it, it's a little bit of everything. I, I find myself, um, working a lot uh, during the season. So we're talking like 6 a.m. wake up and, you know, can be in the office around eight or nine o'clock at night. Uh, I do I do it a little bit different uh, than a lot of video guys have kind of talked to is I, no matter who our opponents are, I watch every game that they play uh, in that season, no matter, you know, obviously games one, two, three, four, five, or whatever, it's a little easier. But when you get up to 17 and 18 games, uh, it's a little different, but pretty much my job is to make Coach Dawkins and the assistant's life as easy as possible when it comes to scouting. Um, so breaking down anything of our opponent, and then also I have to analyze our team and making showing Coach ways for us to improve on a daily basis. Uh, so that's 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 my job. I that was kind of a quick overview, I guess. It's probably five minutes, but 
there's so much little details that go into everything and it's not just so much video. Uh, I know the title's video coordinator, but any college basketball staff, no matter what support staff position you're on, you're kind of a, you know, Swiss army knife. You're kind of doing a little bit of everything. Um, I find myself helping the ops guy or helping our player development guy. Um, you know, just like this week, uh, we had Hurricane Elsa coming. You know, I was packing water and sandwiches for the players in case, you know, the storm got bad. So you kind of find yourself doing a little bit of everything. So uh, just kind of curiously, take us through what you feel is one of your biggest challenges on a yearly basis. And what's one of your favorite parts of the job? I'd say probably my biggest challenges is, uh, you know, on a, on a personal personal thing, my biggest challenges is I love basketball. So I throw everything into season time. Uh, so trying to find time for myself during the season, you know, I, I throw it into watching every game. Um, so that always makes it tough to find time. Obviously I have a, a wife at home. So time management is definitely challenging during the season. Cause you're kind of doing, you're kind of doing it all. I mean, you want to be pretty much those three or four days or two days. Sometimes you get for scouting one game. There's so much time and preparation that goes into a 40 minute basketball game. So the one of the one thing I always want to do is just I want our guys to go out there and just everything's kind of all the boxes are checked so they don't have to go out with any any unanswered questions. Uh, so I'd say time management is probably the biggest thing um, outside of, you know, there's because I work with technology, you know, some things you just can't control, uh, whether camera breaks or computer shuts off during a film session or those are the little the little things that really bother you but you know a computer is a computer sadly and some things you just can't you can't have any control on so um, I'd say the best best part of my job the most rewarding part you know is being around the guys uh, that's that's easily the best part you know all that work you do for them just to see how much it helps them uh, off the court on the court uh, it really means a lot. I just think back to our tournament team, uh, you know, all the work we put in with Taco Fall and BJ Taylor and, you know, all those guys, you know, they, they still call me today and tell me how much, you know, that's their time at UCF meant to them. You know, th those are the little things that make all that time that you spend on, on the kids. It just makes it all worth it. And just those relationships with the players and the staff, uh, that's the best part of my job. So you just you just mentioned time management um, and, you know, obviously you're watching every game and doing all that. But how do you how do you find that balance? Um, what are some of the things that you do? Because I think that's important for all coaches. Right. We get so wrapped up in it sometimes that we can't find the balance. So even though you're doing watching all those games and doing all that stuff and the season is hectic, how do you what are some things you do to find that find that balance? And, you know, so you can give the best to your program. Yeah, I think I think one of the biggest things is, you know, you have to find time to shut off, um, like going home. I have to find time to have dinner with my wife and uh, have to give her, you know, time to talk to her about her day and my day. And I think all those all those like little things that that don't seem like they mean a lot that actually do. Um, I'd say that and trying to get a workout in, 
you know, every day lifting weights, you know, those are stress relievers that can really uh, clear your mind. Um, you know, there's some things you, you do have to make time for. And, and uh, obviously, you know, my wife and, you know, my health, uh, those are two big things. But, you know, the one good thing uh, about being a part of, you know, a college team is we do have graduate assistants um, that help our program. So they, they take a lot off my plate. Uh, you know, so when I need time, I can ask them to kind of take over something. And, and they're really good. They're future, future college, you know, staffers. Uh, so really, uh, you just kind of have trust in those guys when you do need time, like just saying, Hey, I need you to take care of this. Uh, I got something to do. I need, I need some time. And that's, that's one good thing about you have to teach them kind of what you know, so you can, uh, you can have some of that time, uh, that we're talking about. So little, little things like that. So you know, now let's kind of dig in a little bit. So, you know, what are the specific things you look for when you're creating, let's say you're creating something for coach Dawkins or one of the assistants and you're looking at the film, you know, as you said, of, of all the games. Um, but what are some things that you're looking for that others may not be looking for when they're watching um, as, you know, your experience now? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it depends on what I'm watching, obviously, like, you know, if I'm breaking us down, you know, I'm really watching our standards and what we believe in. Um, whether that's like, for example, like I'm watching us on defense and, you know, somebody gets blown by, you think, oh man, that's just awful defense. Uh, if you're watching on TV or whatever, but I'm looking at what our help side's doing. Um, the little, the little things where, you know, I can show on film, hey, he got blown by, which obviously is the first domino. Uh, but look at this domino, you know, you weren't in place. So now that domino falls. Uh, this guy wasn't in a stance right here. Uh, this guy was hugging his man who's not a good three-point shooter. Like you got to look for all the little details that kind of go into it. Um, that's, that's if I'm watching our team, if I'm scouting an opponent, I think you have to find weaknesses of how you can attack uh, teams. Um, you know, obviously you see, you know, every team, you know, as you're watching them, you find little details of what you think that you got, like our team does good, that can exploit what they do defensively. Um, whether that's, you know, getting the ball out and push it in transition because they get back slow or uh, say they're not very good at, you know, help side defense. So you want to attack, uh, you want to attack the baseline, maybe like ISO sets, um, just little things like that, that I can, I can bring the coach and be like, Hey, check this out. Uh, or like, say you're watching a game and you see a team run the same set, like five times during the game and get them like each time, you know, I may, I may go to coach and be like, Hey, you know, they couldn't stop this. Maybe we'd try something like this. Um, or you see, say you're watching how I watch all the games. You know, I'm just thinking of an opponent last year. You know, I watched I watched every game of them, probably 10 games. And um, I noticed that they were really bad at step-up ball screens, which is, you know, like a quick flat ball screen up top. Like it, it just really gave them a lot of problems. Uh, so, you know, that's something we worked on and, and started running. And 
you know, you kind of notice trends. And I think that's what I look for in scouting opponents is trends. Um, if I'm, if I'm watching like recruiting tapes, uh, which is a different type of video, you know, you're just looking for fit. You're looking for potential. Um, you're looking for the little things, body language. Um, you know, those, those are the little details, you know, that you kind of watch. I mean, um, you know, usually kids just kind of stand out and those type of things that you're looking for. Uh, so just, just little details like that, but those are kind of the specifics on each type of film. Um, you know, it's um, as you start doing it more and more and watching so many games, you know, I, I did the math one time. I mean, in the last five years, I've watched like a thousand basketball games, college mm -hmm. games. So, uh, you know, you see a lot of the same sets over and over again. So uh, you get really good. You know, I've actually, I've been able to speed up my process because I can watch it a little faster now uh, just because of how much I watch. And, and usually I'm watching conference opponents, which I'll watch them like a number of times each because they we all play each other. So you pick up on little trends and details of each team. So I have like a notebook of like each team that we play and the trends of each team. So I already know like there's some teams that have specific things they do and that's what they stick with. Some teams change what they do each game. Some, th some teams change things that they do when stuff goes bad. And that's just, you, ju you just kind of learn trends and it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's fun. It's, it's fun to, it's fun to kind of, kind of study that stuff, uh, especially for me, cause I, I love the game. So. So let's take it even more specifically. So let's say it's tournament time. And a couple of years ago, you guys had played, uh, I believe, VCU in the first round. And, you, you know, you had basically less than a 48 hour turnaround and you played Duke. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what's the process per, for preparing for a team at hand, but also, you know, getting ready for that quick turnaround if you are lucky enough to win? Yeah. Yeah. And that that was a little I mean, for us, I mean, I don't, I can't remember who Duke played in the first round, but it was a one sixteen game. Um, so, you know, we put our full effort in Duke, uh, you know, just because of the odds of a, a 16 team winning. Uh, but, you know, we were still prepared if that upset would have happened. We still had a scout ready to go, but, you know, I fully dove into Duke before we even played VCU. Um, and, as soon as we beat VCU, our staff, you know, we got off the bus to the hotel and our staff, we went straight to the film room to try to figure out how to beat Duke. And we got at the hotel, I think at like nine o'clock and we didn't leave till like 5 a.m. Went back, had a couple hours of sleep and got up and gave the game plan to the players. Um, you know, that's that's the night I don't know, you know, whoever's on this or listening, if, if they remember, you know, how Taco guarded. Um, Trey Jones, that's the meeting where we figured that out, that we were going to do that. Um, you know, it was kind of a collective thing. We actually did it that season uh, in a game against SMU uh, to one of their players. We stuck Taco on a, on a kid. And, uh, you know, sometimes pressure gets the kids and they don't make shots. And that, that helped us still about 10 points uh, there. So just little things like that, that you're watching film and you notice, you know, sometimes you can, you can do fun stuff like that, but you know, we, we, as a staff, we watch, um, 
as soon as our game over, um, say we play Houston at home at three o'clock, as soon as our game over, our staff's up in the film room watching the game back over. Um, so sometimes, you know, after wins, we're up here for a couple hours after losses could be like 10 hours. So, uh, you know, and then we move on to the next opponent. We're always one and oh mindset. So, uh, I will say the tournament, man, just, just, I think all the adrenaline and stuff, it didn't feel like that we didn't sleep at all. Uh, cause you know, we were so excited about the opportunity, yep. uh, it was, it was honestly one of the coolest, coolest part of any coach's life, just to, to be with a group of players that I was with. I was with all those guys as they got there with Taco and, and BJ Taylor, Aubrey, and just to see how they grew into that moment, it was really cool. And I, I wish we could have finished that game out. Uh, it just didn't, didn't, everything didn't fall how it should have fell for us. And uh, we didn't get it, but man, just what a memory. So let's just take that one more step further just with the film breakdown. And I think, by the way, we've all been there with the adrenaline when you <laughs> when you win one and, and you got to prepare the next day. Uh, I know uh, Todd and I have both done that, obviously, as high school coaches in Illinois in the playoffs with quick turnarounds. But, you know, for you specifically or for UCF men's basketball, you know, do you guys use specific analytics to break down the film? Uh, you know, are, are there specific ones that you guys like to use based on what you, um, you know, emphasize? Uh, and, you know, what does the role of analytics play in your film breakdown? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're more, you know, we're big into like simplicity where, you know, we, we do use some analytics um, that we kind of keep to ourselves. And we, we give the players the stuff that, you know, that we think are important, you know, maybe per game or, you know, if we're doing something bad, we'll give them an analytic or like a stat of what, why we should do this more, why we should do that. But, you know, we, we don't really want to confuse our guys with a bunch of numbers and stuff. So we, we try not to give them a lot. Um, I think we have certain core things within our culture, uh, which we call absolutes that we try to do uh, defensively and offensively. Um, I'll try to at least give you one. I don't want to give them all away. Um, you know, we want to touch the paint on offense a certain amount of game or a certain amount of times a game. And, you know, we found when we, you know, touch the paint a certain amount of times, we usually win like 90% of our games, which is kind of an analytic, a weird analytic that we have. But, you know, obviously as coaches, you guys know, once you touch the paint, you're creating closeouts, driving kicks, uh, so we always try to attack the box and, uh, little, little analytics stat stuff like that, that we, we can give our guys that kind of creates a visual and it's easy for them to understand like, okay, I need to get in the lane jump stop. You know, that creates so much for our team. We win 90% of the time or, uh, you know, whatever the statistic is, how, how much we win, uh, you know, little things like that. We, we don't try to overkill analytics, um, I'd say we do do like shot charts and stuff like that. Um, but nothing crazy on, on that aspect. All right. So let's kind of go back to the start then. Uh, you, you obviously were a grad assistant before video coordinator, um, you know, and, and a lot of you just talked about all the things you've done as a video coordinator, uh, you know, and, and I think a lot of that is moving up is, is trust, right? You have to gain your, 
your your coaches, head coaches trust and the other assistants trust. So um, how did you get the job as the GA? Um, and then how would you recommend a young coach out there, you know, trying to, to get into college basketball and become a GA? Yeah, so I was with um, – I went to Flagler College, and, um, you know, when I graduated there, I I got an assistant spot with a coach named Bo Clark. Um, unbelievable coach, unbelievable person. Uh, he hap- he actually happened to be the all-time leading scorer at UCF. Uh, so he had a huge connection here. His son, JP, who used to be the uh, – uh, work for the Clippers as skill development, head of skill development – uh, he actually used to work at UCF as well. Um, so I had JP and Bo uh, contact Donnie Jones, who is now the head coach at Stetson. He was he was the head coach at UCF. And uh, they were like, come work camp. And if you get into school, then, uh, yeah, you got a spot. Uh, so, you know, I came, I gave, I gave it all at camp. I took the GRE, which for me was really hard. I'm not very good at the geometry and the algebra and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I, I passed the test. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I got in and, uh, from there it's kind of history. I mean, um, you know, I worked for Donnie, uh, Jones for two years and I learned a lot. They had a heck of a staff. That's, uh, Brendan sir was on staff who does coaching you. Um, so, we came really close with coach sir, uh, still talk to him now. I mean, he, he really taught me a lot. You know, he was in the NBA for so long with the Pistons, won championships. And then, you know, the one guy who really mentored me big time was, uh, his name, Sean Finney. Um, he won a national championship as assistant with Tubby Smith at Kentucky. Um, was a head coach at Tulane, uh, for a little bit. So, you know, I think I think for me, what helped me get on staff was those guys. They they kind of took me under their wings and just taught me like what I should be doing. I remember my first day at UCF as a GA. I'm in a passing drill. I have no clue what's happening. And, you know, I probably looked like a deer in headlights. And after practice, <laughs> we come in the office and uh, Coach Finney goes, hey, man, come in here real fast. Shut the door. So I walk in. And he looked at me and I'll kind of, I'll kind of take some of the language out of it. Uh, but he's like, Hey man, you want to coach or what? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, he's like, you looked like you don't have, you didn't have a clue what was going on out there. And I'm a young kid. I mean, I'm probably what 21, 22, you know, not really knowing a lot about the business. And I was like, coach, it's my first day out there. He's like, you need to get your you know, stuff together. Like if you really want to coach, and, uh, you know, that, that was his way of, of being hard on me, but that kind of locked me in of like, I really want to coach, so I need to figure this stuff out. So, uh, having guys like that definitely helped me, uh, you know, for two years I was with them and, you know, coach Jones, you know, got let go at UCF and coach Dawkins came in like a week later and I was at the end of my GA spot. And, um, I kind of went into this mode, like, you know, I've been here as a GA, I've done all the right things. I've learned how to do everything. Like I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to stay on. Uh, so I was here when coach got here and the staff, his new staff got here and I kind of took it upon myself to just be here like 24 hours a day and, you know, show them the ropes of where everything's at at UCF and how the video stuff here works to everything. And I kind of made it where, you know, they, 
you know, it would hurt to lose me kind of thing. Like, you know, Jacob's always here doing this stuff. Like he makes life so much easier. We can't get rid of him. And uh, about a month later, coach told me I was hired. It was, uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, but I will say, you know, for guys that want to get in the business, you know, coming from GA that, you know, the one thing about my story is the timing and the luck was there, but, you know, if I wouldn't have worked hard, you know, I, I wouldn't have had the chance. So the, the hard work was a huge part of it, 90% of it, but the timing of, you know, just happened that coach, you know, it sucked at the time coach Jones got let go and, you know, coach Johnny Dawkins, a legend, you know, got let go from Stanford and he didn't bring a staff with him, which is unusual. I mean, unusual for a video guy, you know, sometimes that happens. So it just happened that he, he had a spot open for me, you know, so 90% was hard work. And that other 10% was just luck and timing, um, you know, but what the preparation that I did do is what, what really helped me get the job because, I kind of knew every, how everything worked here. So, and uh, the rest is kind of history. I think that's most things that happen in life. 90% yeah. uh, just being there and 10% luck. Yeah. I mean, wow. I, I tell the story now and it's like, you know, seeing some people that are out of the business, knowing how hard they work. I'm just sitting here like, man, I got so lucky. It just, it just happens. I mean, you know, I'm now I'm so thankful, like everything happened how it was. It was almost like all the dots just connected, like right in front of my eyes. But um, I always tell people, though, I wouldn't be here if I didn't take those two years as a GA seriously, though. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you had mentioned some coaches you had worked for and worked with. And then you you kind of alluded to Coach Dawkins on obviously being a legend and around the game forever. You know, what are what are two or you know, we all learn from coaches we work with and for, but what are two or three things that you've learned from Coach Dawkins that, you know, you'll carry with you as you go through your career? Um, I think one of the biggest things I've learned from coach is, um, you know, just because you're like the top guy doesn't mean you get casual. Uh, like coach is the hardest worker uh, in our program. Um He's always working, always watching film, always has the mindset of figuring out how to win or or doing stuff for our guys. So that's one of the things, you know, I never see coach have a bad day. Um, It's always personable. You know, he's, he's just what you would think of. Like, you know, you hear a lot of story about, you know, in any business, you hear stories about bosses who, you know, or lazy or whatever, but coach is nothing like that. I mean, he's, he's legit. <laughs> he is, he is legit. He's, when I say legend, he really is a legend. Um, outside of that, I mean, his film study is unbelievable. Um, you know, I'll go in and watch film with him and he sees things, you know, to this day that I, I am watching and I don't even notice. And, you know, he, he notices it like he has, he has one of those minds that he like remembers stuff from like the little details that you don't remember. Like um, I think the other day we were talking about something and, you know, he remembered like the stat line for one of our games, like three years ago or something of one of the players. And I'm like, how the hell does he remember that? (laughs) And uh, so he's, he's very sharp uh, work ethic, sharp. And then 
the best thing about Johnny Dawkins is he is a terrific guy and he's very understanding uh, about time and about, you know, relationships, you know, my wife, family, um, you know, he's cool about vacation times, which, you know, you hear in the basketball business, some coaches aren't, um, you know, he, he, he understands, you know, the stuff that happens outside of work that's non-basketball, he gets it. And even in basketball, like say the computer breaks down during film, you know, he's very good at adapting, you know, it's not the end of the world as, you know, you hear some coaches, you know, they'll light up the video guy for, you know, the computer not working on that day or something's not done. Uh, he's very good at not doing that. Um, but, you know, he, he does have a side to him and that's why he's really good when we step within those lines to the players. I mean, he's, he's tough. The, the players really respect him. Uh, so I, those are the, those are the three main things uh, that makes makes Johnny Dawkins who he is, and he's he's incredible. I mean, I can't imagine working for somebody else than than coach. I mean, he's he makes every day just kind of unique. I mean, he's he's a constant learner, changing changing our offense, defense. He's always on me, you know, to figure out new techniques, figure out new sets. Uh, so it's, it's really cool. He puts a lot of trust in everybody, uh, whether it's the video guy, GA, you know, to him, a great ideal can come from anyone, uh, manager, you know, we've, we've done stuff, a walk on has said before to a manager, to me, to anybody. So it's, uh, it's pretty neat. All right. So I, I want to dive into you a little bit more personally, cause you, you got tremendous stuff, you know, on Twitter, you put awesome stuff out there. You obviously, super knowledgeable. You watch so much video. Uh, you mentioned your, your networking and, and the people you've connected with. So, you know, how did, how did your kind of brand, I, you know, evolve? Um, you know, how did, I guess the idea start? Was it, you know, you kind of putting some stuff out there and it went from there or, or was there a specific plan to it? How did that evolve for you? Uh, I've kind of always been intrigued by like social media and, and Twitter and stuff. And I've always known that's something you know, that I've recognized that I wanted to do like an influencer with basketball and, and stuff like that. I just never knew how to do it. Uh, so I, I started kind of studying certain things about Twitter, what, three or four years ago that, you know, there was people out there putting up, you know, sets and that, that kind of stuff, which uh, I saw, I saw a way that wasn't really uh, happening a lot and that was through motivational videos and uh, I noticed you know in the basketball community sports community it was mainly sets or football sets or whatever uh, so I started posting motivational videos and you know through my network you know um, you know Johnny Dawkins teammate in college was Jay Billis so Jay Billis started retweeting some of my stuff you know from that you know, I started getting followers from the NBA to college. Uh, you know, when I started kind of building that, you know, brand up a little bit, then I started doing my own sets or, or stuff that caught my eye or motivational quotes. Uh, so it kind of just happened, happened that way. Just certain people started following. Um, you know, I've had, like I said, Dwayne Wade, you know, retweet. I've had, you know, Ray Lewis, 
Damian Lillard. I mean, I'm still waiting on LeBron. Hopefully that happens one day because that's that would be pretty sweet. Uh, but, you know, finding finding ways like that to be kind of unique. Uh, you know, I'm interested in certain things like to, you know, I'm trying to think like I, I think I was one of the first people and I, I started studying this like to do like the bold print on Twitter and like the italics and stuff. Uh, so I think one of the first times I did that, it got like 10,000 retweets because people are like, how the hell did he do that? Uh, so finding different ways to be unique. Um, and then marketing kind of takes care of itself. Once you, once that brand starts going and people see, you know, Jacob Ehrman, you know, once, once you kind of are being retweeted all that time, it kind of helps out, you know, people are kind of interested in you. Um, and then one day, you know, I, I did get, I got verified like out of nowhere, which obviously helped. Um, but there wasn't, there wasn't one thing specific outside of just working hard, putting up content every day. I mean, I just, I use content that I had kept for years. I have this hard drive that I've had for 15 years that I, you know, over time, I just started keeping motivational videos and I have it all organized very neatly. I have sets that I've loved for years. So a lot of, a lot of things that I put on Twitter is stuff on that hard drive that I've just kept for years. Um, just something I've always been interested in and, uh, you know, I'm still, I'm still trying to brand myself even more, trying to find ways, um, trying to find little things, you know, it's, uh, to, to be honest, it's kind of like a passion for me. Um, I wouldn't, I mean, I guess it's a hobby, but you know, I just enjoy, I enjoy putting content out there. Um, you know, I've had people hit me up telling me they, I inspired them to lose weight by a video or a quote or something, or, you know, I was, you know, through a tough time, I inspired them by something that Kobe said through a motivational quote, you know, little things like that. It just kind of keeps you wanting to keep going and stuff like that. Uh, or, you know, I remember, I remember this time last year, I think it was last year. I put up this set on, on Twitter and I'm watching the TBT and the net, or I put up the set the night before of a elevator door set and the next day I'm watching the TV tournament and they run that set. And I'm sitting there thinking like, did they just run that? Cause I hadn't seen that ran since it was from the warriors from like five years ago. And uh, so, you know, you see little things like that and you're like wondering, is that from the set that I put up, but just little cool things like that, that just, just kind of keeps, keeps kind of, you know, fueling the fire a little bit. So you just talked about, I guess, some of those skills. And I think those are kind of trending upcoming skills that, that assistant, assistant coaches need to have, video coordinators, even graduate assistants, right? Um, you know, all the way up to head coaches. So what are some things that, that maybe young coaches or, or any coaches that are, that are up and coming and, and kind of trending you think that they can do to build their resume and, and their skills to kind of fit in where, uh, the landscape of being on a, a college staff or, or just any staff is going. Yeah. I mean, there's things that I wish I would have done, um, I, that I would have done more. Uh, you know, I wish when I was in college or even late in high school or, you know, anytime, probably, probably college, I wish I would have, you know, tried to 
get in the car and drive over to close universities and try to meet staffs. And I wish I would have worked more camps in the summer. I think camps is such a huge, easy way for college kids uh, to meet people. Uh, not only staffs, like I, I work the Indiana camp. Um, and I remember like three of the guys that were counselors with me are now all on college staffs. Um, so those like, you know, I, I went there to meet the actual Indiana staff at that time. It was Tom Crean. Uh, so right now I'm, I'm still, I still communicate with Tim Buckley, who was on that staff, uh, just from working at that camp. And I still communicate with the counselors that were with me at just that one camp. So I think working camps is such an easy way. And it's not like, it's not like it was that hard to work it either. I just sent an email to the ops guy, um, like maybe like three or four months before and just kind of explained why I wanted to work it. And uh, all you gotta do is, I mean, they said cool and that was it. I mean, it's it's not as hard as, as one would think. I mean, just put why you wanna work it cause you wanna coach. And uh, that's one of the biggest things. I wish I would have done more of those. Uh, you know, writing letters in college. I think I wish I could have done more of that kind of stuff. Uh, this is all stuff that I started doing, you know, after college. Uh, but I think, I think coaches love when they see young guys like that, that are hungry, that are consistent, dedicated, uh, that work their way up like that. Um, those are some of the little things, you know, as a GA, you can't really, can't really work a lot of camps in the summer because you're kind of, you know, you work in the camp that, you know, like I'd be working the UCF camp because I work here. Uh, but the little things that you can do is, you know, you need to wear out your phone and, you know, call as many coaches as you can and create networks. Uh, that's that's kind of the name of the game. Um, college coaches, high school coaches, you know, you're trying to create relationships uh, genuinely, um, you know, because at a, as a time as a GA and a college kid, you're, it's not like, you're using the coaches because you're just kind of trying to get to know people in the business. You know, I, th I think that's one of the big things, you know, I've had as my time as a, you know, on staff here, you know, I connect more with people who reach out to me about um, what I do on Twitter, what about my personal life or about like maybe something I do video wise rather than people just hit me up about a job. Uh, I think that's one of the big things. Um, if the only time that I see somebody's hitting me up is emailing me about a spot or something like that, it's, it's hard to connect with people like that. So you want to be very genuine about, you know, creating those relationships with people. So as we finish up, we have our two segments left. Our first segment we like to do is we call it the 30 second timeout. So it's your platform to talk about anything you want, tell our listeners about your program or something you're passionate about outside of basketball or an outside organization or charity you're with or a story that you like to tell or anything. And, and as we joke with all of our guests, it's, it's a rough 30 seconds. There's no uh, referee in your, in your conversation telling you your 30 second timeout is over. So for 30 seconds, the floor is yours. Yeah, I'll just tell a quick story about that tournament team. Uh, we had just got beat, you know, with that team, any loss really hurt because we didn't have a lot of them. Uh, 
we actually bought this sign uh, that says get lost in your fight. Um, you know, late in the season, we weren't in the tournament. We bought this sign. We all dedicate it, you know, given our best effort to the last couple of weeks of the season, we all signed it um, that we would all get lost in the fight together, that it was only going to be about basketball uh, no matter what. And that's kind of, I think we won. We went on the road and beat Houston, who was number eight, number eight, uh, in the country and they had won like 28 home games in a row. Uh, and that kind of put us in the tournament. So I always tell, tell that story that, you know, sometimes you got to get lost in the fight with your group or program, uh, you know, and that, that sign is actually hanging up in coach's office right now. I don't know if that All was right, so 30 seconds. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> that's that's a rough third. Yeah, yeah okay. I wanted to try to get it. I was trying to follow the rules, man. You know, you know those thirty-second timeouts when you're on the floor, they they seem to go like it seems like they're five seconds, not thirty. You'd, so. you'd be the only guest to ever follow the thirty, so you're good. <laughs> yeah. All right, last segment, just kind of rapid fire questions. Could be basketball, could be just just anything. All right. Okay. Um, answer it any way you feel. Your favorite Disney ride? Tower of Terror. All right, we got in Florida, craziest place you've seen an alligator? Uh, probably at my high school and PE class outside on the, on the soccer field. <laughs> Favorite movie of all time? Uh, I'm, I love Christopher Nolan movies, so probably Interstellar. All right, we got favorite action or set from the playoffs so far? That's a tough one. Uh, I'm not... I can't really give you one, but I love what Utah and uh, the Denver Nuggets, all their all their packages and how they how they do their offenses. So those two teams. All right. Uh, suggestion for high school coaches when watching film. You know, high school coaches, I think the big thing is simplicity. Uh, you're watching college and NBA players make everything look easy. Uh, you got to You got to know who your personnel is and know what they do. Uh, you know, simplicity is a lot easier for uh, high school kids. All right. And I won't take credit. This is Todd. But if you had to pick a retro NBA jersey to wear, who and what team? <laughs> so, so I have two. Uh, I love the I love pinstripes. So the Pacers in the early or the late 90s, 2000s, they had a blue or yellow or white, uh, all blue, yellow and white with a white pinstripe. They were awesome. Uh, Reggie Miller would be my pacer or you guys will know this one, the all black with the red pinstripe, Michael Jordan, Chicago Bull Jersey. I think that one's awesome. There we go. Yeah, that one's awesome. Well, he, 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 he made up for it after, after he said Reggie Miller, he would have lost the Chicago audience there for a little bit, <laughs> but he made up, made up for it with the Jordan Jersey. So I, I grew up in Indiana, so I'm a big, I grew up watching Reggie. So that's, that's my guy. Could have gone with like the Detlef Shrimp Jersey, you know, that's he's a, <laughs> Yeah, I guess I could have, yeah. Sonics and Pacers, right? Yeah, there you go. Well, Coach, uh, we, we really appreciate you jumping on with us. Um, you know, awesome stuff, great great stories, a lot of interesting background into what you do and you do so well. Um, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, you know, we we hope to keep touching base with you here down the line. Yeah, thank, thank you guys for having me. You guys do a great job, and uh, this was fun.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the After the Timeout podcast, hosted by Todd Zazadil and John Palicki. For more show content and upcoming episodes, follow us on Twitter at After the Timeout or subscribe to our podcast for upcoming episodes. For show inquiries, you can email us at afterthetimeout at gmail.com. You can find all of our previous episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast by searching After the Timeout. We appreciate you listening. Tune in next time for more basketball content on the court, off the court, and anything in between.